0: Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, you're doing something in living word. You're doing something in the earth. And Father, we want to be part of what you're doing in the earth. We want to be part of your kingdom work in Jesus' name. Father, we know that the time is short, that the things that we do for the kingdom are the things that are eternal, that those are the things that matter. And so, Father, give us a heart for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. So today, I I want to talk about <clears throat> I want to talk about the uh, subject of generosity. And uh, one thing I want you to, uh, if you know this or not, in the book of Acts, there was a uh, a great a great revival breaking out in the church. And not only were people being added to the church, but people were being multiplied to the church. There was thousands being saved, and in the midst of that revival in the midst of that outbreak there was great generosity in the church it was a holy spirit move of generosity in the church and the bible says people sold homes and lands and items that they had and they took it and they brought the money to the apostles feet and they laid it at their feet and no one in that time had a need of any way amen and so generosity went hand in hand with the move of god it just, it's just the way it is. It's, uh, God is a giver, and for us to have a giving spirit is to have a spirit like our Father. And so for us to be generous, I do want to talk a little bit about that today. Honestly, I don't know how far I'll get. I'll just unhook as far as uh, I get. <clears throat> if I don't get far at all, then I'll just pick it up tonight, in the night service will continue it then. I just felt in my spirit not to rush it, not to rush it. Because um, when you talk about generosity, you talk about giving. Um, you talk about money. <coughs> Forgive me for uh, coughing. Or cl- clearing my throat. That's more of what I'll I'll call it. We um we got we got in last night and, and you know we flew out of there and we got in probably at my house about two o five and then right at that time the clocks changed to three o five because it was like ahead. And then, um, and then we had to wake up a few hours later. and um, So I haven't even cleared my throat yet. But, but I don't feel bad for me because we had a lot of young people who were in Louisiana who drove home, drove home. Oh poor me, I was on a plane with a, com- with a screen in front of me of uh, entertainment that I could watch while everyone had to drive 24 hours straight just to be here. So these guys, they need to be commended, any of these young people who drove. And uh, we're actually still able to speak. You were almost able to speak. Almost. But we'll, we'll say that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. So <clears throat> I really felt in my spirit not to rush it, not, not to, you know, kind of push through. So we'll take our time. If we don't get as far as I want to go, we'll just unhook. It's sometimes like a long train. And you just unhook the train, and you pick it up again the next time. But when it comes to generosity and when it comes to giving, um, a lot, of, a lot of people um, can have an attitude about giving. Oh, you're talking about money in church. All you talk about is money in church, right? That type of thing. And so for us as ministers and those who have to minister, number one, we need to know the best thing for any human being on earth, especially a believer, is that they become generous and that they become a giver, okay? That they become someone who has a lifestyle of giving Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He started that giving process. Even while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to die for us. He gave to us first. So that's God's nature. And for us as his children to have that nature, we need to also have a generous nature. So sometimes we don't need to plow through it or push through it. We need to go ahead and give it. And so if some people are uncomfortable with it or they don't like it, Number one, I don't care. Number two, it's, it's the best thing for you, and we're going to lead you into generosity. You might not be there yet, okay? You might have a different attitude about it, but that does not mean anything. God is a generous God, and we are his offspring who are called to be generous people in this earth, amen? So I already know it's the best thing for you. It's the best thing for your family. <clears throat> There's so much blessing associated with it. So we'll kind of go, we'll go from that perspective. So in Acts chapter 20, let's go ahead and look here. It says this, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So, everyone, repeat with me. It is more blessed to give than receive. Say it again. It is more blessed to give than receive. If you don't leave with anything today, let that stick in your heart. It's more blessed to give than receive. A lot of people like to get, they like to be getters, but it is much more blessed. To give than it is to receive so even in scientific and psychological studies there's been studies on the generous brain or the giving brain and the selfish brain and the getting brain and there's a big difference between uh, what happens in the brain when you are generous your brain releases a number of neurochemicals okay so when you're a giver when you're giving to someone else when you're unselfishly giving Your brain actually releases some chemicals. Let me read these to you. Number one, it releases dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is associated with pleasure, reward, and motivation. Number two, you release serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that is associated with feelings of well-being, happiness, and social connection. You release Oxytocin. Oxytocin is a hormone that is often called the love hormone because it is associated with social bonding trust and empathy and you also release endorphins. Endorphins are natural painkillers that are released in the brain during physical activity and social interactions. All of these are released during the act of generosity. Furthermore, Giving behavior has been shown to have a range of positive effects on mental and physical health, including lower levels of stress, depression, improved immune function, and even increased lifespan. Is it important to be generous? I think God hardwired you that way. He hardwired you to live a long, a healthy, and a happy life. And to be a selfish person is not the answer for that. It's someone who is generous will, will automatically, your, your natural body function that God made you will have you begin to flow in that. But let's, let's look at the selfish brain. <clears throat> now, if you, if you have kids, you know what a selfish brain is, okay? Because they tell you they really, 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 really want this. I really want this i got to have this i have to, I have to have it, and so I have a lot of kids over the years, and what they want this week they might not want next week because they want something else, and they really have to have it, and it's like, but that's like nine hundred dollars, yes, I know it's nine hundred dollars, but I have to have it right and they and they really, really want it, okay, and this could be kids or teens or women or grown men <clears throat> for real, like sometimes like you're just like fixated and something you have to have. So let's check this out. Let's check out research on the selfish brain. Research has shown that when we focus too much on our own desires and needs, it can lead to a state of chronic stress and anxiety, which can have negative effects on the brain and the body. Selfish desires are often associated with the sense of lack or inadequacy, which can trigger the release of stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline. And here's the problem. Once, So selfishly you want, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, and then once you get it, okay, there's diminishing returns on your getting as well. And let me explain, okay? When your desire is granted, it has diminishing returns. The next time you get something, it doesn't make you as happy. This is known as he- hedonic adaption, the adaption to seeking pleasure. It's the tendency of humans to adapt to a new experience and situations over the time, meaning that the pleasure we feel from a new acquisition or experience tends to wear off relatively quickly. This is why the excitement of getting something we desire tends to fade over time, leading to a decreased feeling of satisfaction. So selfish people who have to have it, have to have it. That it might make them happy for a little while, and then they get it again, and they're not as happy, and then they get it again, and they're just like, why am I not happy? I'm getting everything I want. But that's not how you're wired by God to be happy. You're wired to be happy, and happiness to be released in generosity, in giving of yourself, in unselfishness. So you're hardwired in selfishness to be unhappy, and you're hardwired in generosity to be happy. It's just the way that God made us. Check this one out. Selfish people earn less money than their more generous peers. Two university analyzed data sources from more than 57,000 people in Europe and the United States and selfish people never came out on top when it came to earnings. Those who displayed the highest level of generous behaviors performed the best over the course of their career showing the strongest wage growth. Selfish people tend to go for the highest paying job and the highest best position because that's what's best for them. And they'll step on whoever they have to, they'll cut someone's throat, they'll do what they have to, but in the long run, that behavior does not get you to the top. It's those who are generous, who are helping people up along the way, who are making someone's life better, who financially come out on the top. <clears throat> so, we can see, even from a scientific standpoint, that God has hardwired us to be generous people. You know, you, you, you can see that we live in a culture and a society that not always, you know, is, is generous. We live in a very consumer-driven type of society. Um, one, of, one of my children um, really likes um, sneakers and he says he's a sneakerhead and he ha- and he has to have these sneakers and he has to have these things and, and I look at the price tag and I'm like I'm like you're 12 right like you you're never you're never going to afford these and you know this and that it's like we we need to switch the thinking like the few sneakers you have maybe we should look at giving those to someone who doesn't have sneakers and believing God for a return on your giving But it's just like, you know, that that quest for stuff, it just never ends. It's in our society. And the more more you do this, do you guys know what this is? This is scrolling through social media. It will give you the sense that everyone else is living the high life, has the good stuff, living the great life, and you don't have it, right? So that selfishness just kicks in again. Uh, One of my daughters was talking about uh, influencers, these influencers in Boston, how they... Eat the best. They go to the best. They drive the best. You know, and it, they just display this life on Instagram, and it's just like it's just surrounding with selfishness. It's all about selfishness, and so it feeds into our into our our lives, and we have to purposely purposely make decisions to not be selfish, but to be generosity. So listen, there's lots of type. There's lots of generosity. You can help an old woman across the street. You can give to breast cancer, cancer foundations. You can go on a walk for a charity. There's, there's a lot of things you can do for generosity. <clears throat> now for me, when it comes to my generosity, I have, this, I have this kind of eternal perspective on what I do with my money. I feel like the Bible teaches that I'm supposed to be a good steward of my money. That I'm not just to spend my money on anything, I'm just gonna throw it to anything or even just give it to any charity, right? There's probably a charity for one-legged blind dogs that are the color brown, right? There's a charity for everything, right? So I could give all my money to one-legged blind dogs and you know maybe get that feeling, woo, I did good, you know? Whoa, four chemicals just released right then. But in eternity, but in eternity, what did that do, right? What, is, what does that mean in our type of generosity? So I think as children of God, we really need to have purposeful generosity. And for me, purposeful generosity is gospel giving, giving into the kingdom of God, giving into the furtherance of the, of the gospel. <clears throat> I'm going to try to find a quote I wrote here, so I'm going to slide down a little bit. Give me, give me a second here. <clears throat> so there's a lot of teaching in the body of Christ of, ha- of having God help you fulfill the vision that's in your heart, okay? There's a lot of teaching on how to get that vision in your heart. But what if we flipped it? What if we flipped it and we asked God to empower us to help him fulfill his vision that he has for the earth? So sometimes even, even our focuses are selfish, oh, God, just, just uh, help my dream come to pass, God. Help me do this, you know, and, and we're believing God to help our dream. But really, God has a dream too for this earth. God has a plan for this earth. Why can't we flip it and say, God, empower me to be someone who makes your dream come to pass, who makes your purpose come to pass, who makes your plan come to pass. God has, has had a plan from the beginning. And we're all part of that plan, and sometimes if we're, not, if we're not aware of it, we step out of what God's doing in this earth. So we need to be purposeful in our giving. I want to line up my giving with what God's doing in the earth, what God's heart is for the earth, what God's purpose is for the earth. And I know the Bible says God looks to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. When you line up and you tell God, God, I'm going to give into your purpose. I'm going to support your purpose. You're going to get the attention of God. His eyes are going to look throughout the whole earth. He's going to go, oh, wait a second. Here's someone actually, actually caring about what my vision is for mankind. Amen? It gets God's attention. So for me, it's not just any giving. It's not just any generosity. To me, it has to be gospel gospel. Generosity. Look here in Luke 8. <clears throat> Here's some people who got it. Luke 8, 1 through 3. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. So Jesus is out preaching the gospel. Amen? Pretty awesome. And he took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna the wife of Chusa Herod's business manager, Susanna manager and Susanna and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. A lot of people have never read that before in the gospel that there were women who were also in the company of the disciples and those who follow Jesus, and out of their resources, they supported his ministry of preaching the gospel on the earth. They supported the mission of Jesus with their giving. So, to me, when my generosity comes out, I feel a responsibility as a steward to support the work of Jesus, just like these women did, out of their sust- substance, out of their sustenance, to see the gospel. Go forth in our generation. To me, there is no higher giving; there is nothing higher, more important. A lot of people, um, a lot of people, argue and fight about politics. Yeah, the liberals think this, and you know, as as uh, conservatives, we think this. And and let me tell you this: a liberal will be changed if the gospel of Jesus is preached to them, and and they are born again on the inside. All of those liberal ways go, and Bible ways take over. I know, I know, because when I was unsaved, I was pro-abortion, I was pro-wickedness, I was pro-evil, and then Jesus. So it wasn't, it wasn't a political debate that changed me. It was a born-again experience where with a, with a God of heaven came on the inside of me and made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's the answer for mankind. So I feel a strong... Eternal, stand before God on the last day to give an account of what I did with my money before Him to make sure that I'm supporting the gospel. Okay? <clears throat> now, many things in life ask for our generosity. <clears throat> Not as much now, but over the years, um, I'd, I'd listen to uh, NPR Radio, National Public Radio. Does anyone listen to NPR? Does anyone know what that is? NPR Radio, listener supported radio. And they would have like, um, they would have like, uh, they would do fun drives, almost like at church. They would take up offerings to support the radio station. And so I would like things like Science Friday and um, other, other shows. And they're just long format shows that when you listen to them, it's not a sound bite, it's actually a story and stuff like that. And then it would come time for their fun drive. Hey everyone, it's our spring fun drive. If you give, you know, we're gonna send you a box of chocolate roses and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and I'd be like, wow, I really appreciate the station here, but I really can't give because I really think my money needs to have an eternal purpose to it. And then the guilt thing will come. Well, if you don't give, maybe we'll go off the air. And I'd have to say, that's too bad, maybe they'll go off the air, because I am not giving my money into this, I'm giving my money into the gospel. Like really, I'd have these thoughts, like that would be too bad, because I like these shows, but I feel responsible where my money goes, and I'm just gonna cast it into something that's temporal of this world, that does not have an eternal impact on people's lives. And so I would withhold that, and I would continue to give into the gospel. Do you want to hear one of my uh, pet peeves? Yeah. Supermarket charities. <clears throat> hey, would you like to round up um, your change today for, uh, to support one-eyed dogs with one leg um, today? And it's always a good charity. It's like, you know children's cancer or things like that. Would you like to do this? And, uh, and <clears throat> I always say this, and they always receive it as a very nice thing. I always say, not at this time. I don't just say no, because that makes you look ignorant. Like, like, here's a picture of kids dying from cancer, and you just say, no. You look like a jerk, right? <clears throat> no. I just say, no, not at this time. Right? So it's like they think, oh, okay, maybe another time. It's like, no, never. I'll never I'm never going to give it to charity. So that's number one. I'm not going to round up my change. Because number two, I don't even trust what they're doing with my change. Who, Who's auditing you with all this extra money that's going in? Right? So you're getting a piece of a dollar for everyone. So you might have $10,000. and And so... Are, are we sure, all 10000 Because I know where my giving goes, but I don't know where your giving goes in my name. Right? So it's like, so I have to outsource my giving to someone else to be generous? Nah. Nah. I'll do my own. I will be in control of my own giving. Okay? So number one, I don't know what you do with this money. Okay? And number two, when they go to the charity, they have a huge check, and they say, Charity, here is $10,000 from Stop and Shop. Not me. Not me. You gave it, but Stop and Shop, and they're like, oh, Stop and Shop, you're so good. You're so- Shaws, you're so good. Like, who's, who's even getting the benefit of it? They are, but we're the ones giving. Don't outsource your charity. You take control of your charity. You take control of your giving. You be purposeful with your giving. Oh, here, here's the dollar, here's this. We will stand before God as, as stewards of what we did with, it, with our money. Amen? And I think it's important that our money has an eternal hook to it and that it's something that um, makes a difference for God's dream in this earth to see every man, woman, and child saved by the blood of Jesus. That is God's dream for this world. <clears throat> Remember how I started this, okay? Okay. Wow, guys, six minutes and 45 seconds. I don't know if we're going to get too far. But remember how I started this. With revival comes generosity. With revival comes the spirit of giving. With revival comes the spirit of giving. What I really wanted to get to, and trust me, I'm not going to get there. I'll do it tonight, okay? So you, everyone who's not a Sunday night person, come on back tonight. We have We have fun on Sunday nights. We do. It's like... It's like the long form of just God's goodness. We sing a little longer. We pray and lay hands on people. The word of God is rich. But anyways, I'm going to finish it tonight. So in every revival, there is this spirit of generosity. And, and there's this talk of revival right now, right? Asbury, Asbury University, um, they, um, <clears throat> they had a revival that began and didn't stop. Let me tell you something about revival. Revival is kind of like um, little kids with matches, okay? So I remember we were, we were young kids once and we were in the, in the woods and we had matches, right? And we were like lighting things on fire and we were in view of a neighbor on their porch and they freaked out, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're like, what, what do you mean? Like, is there a problem, right? And he ran down there and gave us, like, the third degree. And we were like, this guy is a jerk, right? (laughs) But we don't realize what we were messing with. Because if that ever got out of control, we're throwing it it on brown dry leaves. In a forest of all brown dry leaves. (laughs) Next to his house. (laughs) He he could see where this was going. But we couldn't. Okay? Because we don't. And revival is not something you manage. Once it goes, a a human doesn't start it, and a human doesn't stop it. You can only go with it. Or if you don't go with it, you go away from it. And so there will be people who will miss God's move on the earth, and there will be those who go with it. But it, it may not be something that you control, so it's just something you just have to, when you recognize it's happening, you just need to jump into it and you need to go with it, and you need to realize that there's just a spirit of generosity for the gospel and a spirit of giving. Tavon Tavon was was talking about uh, giving. Come come on back up here because you didn't get to finish. What was it? What was it that revelation you left with with giving? Because I think you tapped into that spirit uh, that's associated with revival in the sense of giving.
1: Well, I just learned that, just like you were saying, like having an eternal mindset as far as where my money goes. God just lit on the lit a fire on the inside of me. It's sh- like I just want to be able to write out million-dollar checks and give it to churches because of what happened when I came to this church. Like People need to receive the same thing that I did, and sometimes churches don't have those finances. I feel like I'm about to cry again. <laughs> but it's just so important because At the end of the day, that's what's important with our money is it can help bring souls into the kingdom. If I can just say this, it was so cool. I was one of the people that drove. It was me, my brother, and Seth. He's not here right now. But when we were down south, we got to see a lot of the Bible. It was crazy. Like, we went to a fast food restaurant called Whataburger. No, Bojangles. And we went to the bathroom. And they're playing Forever by Carrie Job, Like, they're playing worship music, like, in the bathroom. Like, Jesus was literally everywhere. And we need to do that same thing here, and a big part of that is going to be our giving. It is so important. So what he's saying is
0: all Holy Ghost. Amen. So with revival comes generosity. With revival comes this, this generous spirit. And so some of the things I want to talk about, we will talk about it tonight, is next-level generosity. This generosity, and then there's next-level generosity. And so, I mean, if you're here tonight, I want, to, I want that spirit to be introduced to you, to you to understand what that is, because we think we're generous God doesn't think we're generous. God knows what generous is, and there's next-level generosity. But next-level generosity is what brings you to the next level financially as well. A lot of us have plateaued. We've been stuck, and we don't understand. The Bible says that the same measure that you give, the measure shall be given back unto you. Mark Hankins says things like this, that if you give... Through a hundred dollar hole, I mean, yeah, a hundred dollar hole, then you'll get through the hundred dollar hole. If you give through the dollar hole, then you'll get through the dollar hole. It's your measure that of your giving is how the receiving comes as well. If you give through the thousand dollar hole, you get through the thousand dollar hole. If you give through Tavon's million dollar hole, you receive in a measure through the million dollar hole, amen? So sometimes we need to realize that our plateau or where we're stuck is based on where we've got stuck in our giving, okay? Let me, let me just end with this and then we'll pray, you guys. <clears throat> I remember, um, you know, so this has been stirring up in me a lot this year and it started last year and I really felt like we had to challenge what our default mode was in giving, okay? Hey, everyone, we're going to take up an offering for the pastors. It's pastor's birthday, and so I'd have a default mode. Okay, this is what we give to the pastors on his birthday. Hey, everyone, we're going to go ahead and give for this uh, Living Word Foundation. You'd have a default thing that you go to. Um, There's a ministry on TV. We're doing great things for God, and you'd have this default mode that you give unto. And it's just like the Holy Spirit just really grabbed a hold of me to challenge where that beginning one was. And so <clears throat> my wife and I, and I, and I did share this maybe a week or two ago, my wife and I were, w- were watching a ministry on TV, and, uh, and they're doing a great work of God in the earth. And they came time where they were taking up the offering and stuff like that, and we felt moved. We're like, yeah, we need, we need to support this. Let's go ahead and give. And, uh, and she said to me, because um, we always look at each other, what, what are you getting for a number? What are you getting? And she said, she said, um, what about $50? Right. And to us that's like a default, like, yeah, let's give let's give fifty dollars, right? But because I've already been marinating on this and already just like really this is just something that I've been really just, just a strong grace on it. Just something rose up on me and, and it kind of got me mad, not at her, mad at this level that we were stuck at, and I'm like, honey. I said, we're going to give $1,000 and I want $1,000 to be our beginning step at any giving that we do. I don't ever want to go back to that again. I don't ever want to go back to 50 or 100 or 200. Let's just start at 1000 If we have it, we can give it. If we don't, we'll do what we can do. But let's reset our giving to start at this point. And we started to do that with all of our giving, all of our things. We started to reset our amounts, to be generous, like to punch that hole bigger, amen, into the things of the gospel. So we'll talk about next-level giving tonight if you guys are here. I know some of you will, in Jesus' name. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are blessed and we are excited about what you're doing in the earth. Father, we've seen um, beginning, we've seen beginnings to revival. We've seen people, we've seen students go to chapel and begin to worship and then never be able to stop, Father. We've seen hungry people from around the world come and visit that school. Father, We were also reported in the meeting we were at this past week that that revival is starting to break out in different places where there's hungry hearts. So, Father, in Jesus' name, let us have that eternal vision. Father, let's tie our generosity and our giving to the things of the gospel. Let's tie our generosity in this last time and in this end time to the furtherance of your dream. Father God, let your dream be our dream, let your purpose be our purpose. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness, just like those women who supported Jesus. Let us be those people who support the vision of the gospel in our time, in our day. In Jesus' name, the days are short, the time is short. If we have 50 years left on the earth, it is short. If we have 30 years left on this earth, that is short. If we have 20 years left on this earth, it is short. If we have 10 years left on this earth, that is short. If we have five years left on this earth, that is short. If we have one year to live, Father God, one year, let us do everything we can in the years we have left to advance the kingdom of God and to advance your your heart and your purpose only in Jesus' name. And everyone said,